Jess, good afternoon to all. Welcome to another session of Vihangam Yog Global Online Satsang. It brings me great excitement and pleasure to bring this platform to you once again. And I hope that we're able to answer some of the queries which many of you have and some of the curiosities that some of you have on this path of spirituality. Today, our topic is mind control, the what, why, where, and how. In a modern world where we're pulled in many different directions, the control of mind has become extremely vital. There are many movements around us which tell us that this has become a more and more increasing phenomenon in the world. From concepts like mindfulness to meditation and yoga, why is this occurring? At the roots of it is the concept of mind. And today, with equipped with our global speak panel, we will be taking you on a journey through this concept and deep diving deep into what it means and what it means for us living in the world today. So without further ado, I'd like to start today's proceedings. We're joined by a wonderful panel of speakers. We have Subhashji, who's joining us from Singapore. We have Raghvendraji joining us from India, and we have Shekharji joining us from Australia. As we continue proceedings, I'd just like to mention, if you have any questions, please do send them on the WhatsApp number, which you see on the screen uh, in front of you. Otherwise, we also have a link available at slido.com slash VYGOS. Of course, this platform is for all of you viewers, so we'd love to hear from you and know what queries and questions you have. So to continue for our proceedings for today, we now move on to the Swadved recitation. And of course, before we jump into it, let us quickly understand what the Swadved is. Armed with 17 years of deep meditational experience, the master of Vihangam Yogs, the Guru Sadafal Vivji Maharaj, scripted and penned down the experiences which he had in the state of Samadhi in the book known as Swarved. One of the most unique parts of Swarved is that it is written in Hindi, in a mix of Hindi and some deeper words of deeper spiritual words. And it has a very beautiful commentary written by Sadhguru Dharam Chandadevji Maharaj. And it is definitely one of the most beautiful books you could read as a spiritual seeker. In understanding any concept of spirituality, we thus believe it's very important to understand what our master has to say about this. To take us into the depths of unraveling the mystery of the mind, we are now going to be joined by Subhasji from Singapore. Professionally, Subhasji it has a background in actuary, and he's currently serving as a director at a company known as Aeon. He is an extremely avid practitioner of Vihangam Yog, and his words and his experiences have a lot to teach all of us. So without further ado, I'd like to hand over to Subhasji to recite some of the divine verses from the beautiful Swadavid. Thank you very much. Abhinaji, Jai Sadhgudev to all. Today, based on the topic what we have, I have selected three couplets from Swarved. In Swarved, there are 
six different sections. So these three Swarved couplets are from different sections of Swarved. The first one is from section one, chapter 10, and it's the 31st couplet. Vishwa Vijaya Ranadhiraho Jo Manajita Jai Paramashatru Manajitka Mari Mari Uthat Dhai I will explain this couplet in my own words. In this whole world, whatever we are doing, we are trying to achieve something. This whole world is a reflection of what our mind shows us the happiness the sorrow everything comes from the mind but the mind is our prime enemy it brings us down towards the sensuality it degrades us if we are not controlling it properly if we control our mind if we win over the mind the whole world will be ours under the guidance of Sadhguru's blessing, one should try to win over the mind. The next couplet is from section 2, chapter 1, and it's the 25th couplet. Ek saath man pavan ko rakh ek yasthan bhaage man fir gher lo pakad lagao gyan there is a link between the mind and the pranas. That's why both have to be stabilized at one place. Thereafter, we have to control the mind properly under the guidance of Sadhguru. Then only the mystery of yoga would be unveiled. Hence, with the practice of Vihangam Yoga meditation, a practitioner should control the mind and the pranas both bina shanti man ke bhaye atam roopan dekh dekh hai chanchal nirjimi nij pratibimban pek this is from sarved 6 section chapter 6 and couplet 139 in this couplet swamiji says Without the mind is being quiet, the soul cannot see its own self, as one's own reflection cannot be seen in a disturbed water. Here, a very nice explanation has been done that if we have a water in front of us and we try to see our image into the water, we can see it clearly only when the water is not disturbed. The mind is acting here as the water. If the waves of the minds are continuously flowing through, if there is disturbance, we cannot see ourselves. We cannot reach to the level of the soul. This is all from my side today on Swarved. Jai Sadhgurudev. Back to you, Avinoji. Thank you very much, Subhasji, for reciting these beautiful verses from the Swaraved. And so now that we have completed our first two parts of the session, we first heard the beautiful prayers from Sanadji, who we thank once more. We also just heard the recitation of Swaraved, the divine 
Nectar of Swadved from Subhashji. Now we are prepared to dive more deeply into this topic, mind, control, the what, why, where, and the how. It gives me great pleasure to invite to the platform and to introduce you all to Raghvendraji, who is joining us from India. Professionally, Raghvendraji is a Chief Knowledge Officer at the Independent Power Producers Association of India. He currently lives in Noida, India. Now, as we dive into this topic, I'd just like to remind you all that we have two forums for questions, both our WhatsApp number, which will be on the screen in just a moment, and our Slido link, slido.com slash vbygos. Let's all try and understand this topic in a way that relates to us. Because as we've heard already, the mind is the source of all disturbance. And in our life we become so beautiful and so wonderful if this root of disturbance could be quietened. So without further ado, I'd like to pass the control over to Raghvendraji, who will be taking us deeper into this topic. Thank you. So um, I'd just like to request once more, Raghvendraji, if you could please grace us with your... Thank you very much. Thank you. Am I audible now? Yes, yes, very much so. Thank you. So here I go. Thank you for the introductions. Thank you, Subhashji, for singing the passages from the Holy Swarved. May I start with the fundamental question, you know, one that relates to the purpose of life. Before we start anything, if we need to attain what we set out to achieve, it is important for us to be mindful and aware of the purpose of our journey. For only then can we know, are we succeeding in the quest for what we have set out in the first place? So the question is, who am I? I am your constant companion. I am your greatest helper or heaviest burden. I will push you onward to greater heights or drag you down to failure. You may run me for a profit or run me for ruin. It makes no difference to me. Take me, train me, be firm with me and I will place the world at your feet. Be easy with me and I shall destroy you. Who am I? I am your mind. 
for all practical purposes to the uninitiated, I am you. Ladies and gentlemen, since time immemorial, questions such as who am I? What is the purpose of life? How vexed people all across the world? If we delve deep into the spiritual texts, not just those holy texts that emanated from India and then traveled across the world, but also for texts that emanated in countries far apart and may not have had much cultural linkage, yet these questions predominate. Humans seeking the purpose of their life. How do we address this question, who I really am? When we are children, who am I answers itself differently. When they grow into adults, the answers keep changing and we are always in a state of flux. For those who know the Bhagavad Gita, Lord Sri Krishna says, for those who have conquered the mind, it is their friend. For those who have failed to do so, the mind works like an enemy. So, in a sense, the mind is both our friend and our enemy. Because we see that there are times that the mind does temporarily seem to come under control. And that is when we are able to achieve success in studies, in career, in relationships. While at other times, the mind runs away like a hundred horses, drawing the chariot of yourself in different directions. And so you seem to work at cross purposes and everything falls apart. So then, what is the mind? And how can we control it? If at all, it can be controlled. The Bible says, do not be confirmed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. In Romans 12 by 2. The Holy Swarved gives us deep insights, ones that we can understand, so long as we follow the path that it lays out. It is this particular passage that Subhashya just recited. Vishwa Vijay Sabjita hai Maharathi Parveer Vashkar Man Arupavan ko Uttare Bhav Nithitir Swarved 1 by 10 by 32. The world conqueror is he who, by conquering the inimical mind and breath, has transcended the world. If you ask a doctor 
what is the mind? His response would be a tad confusing because when you dissect the body, you don't see any mind anywhere. You just have the brain. And in common parlance, they say, we explain the workings of the brain to be the mind. However, the mind cannot be located by dissecting the body. The problem in understanding something as abstract as the mind and as the soul for the uninitiated is, if you think of it in terms of classical versus quantum physics, in classical physics, you have so much certainty. You have matter and energy and an equation that rules that matter can turn into energy and vice versa. But in the quantum world, matter and energy can appear and disappear without any cause, without any correlation or interrelationship at all. The quantum universe is completely uncertain. And to understand it, you have to go beyond the classical way of thinking. The problem is we think with our minds. So how can we control it? We obviously have to transcend the mind to control the mind. But then how do we separate ourselves from the mind? So what is the mind? Ancient Indian texts say there are four internal organs. The mind, the intellect, the memory, and the ego. Or in simpler terms, or in Hindi, man, buddhi, chit, and ahankar. So the mind is the man, the intellect is the buddhi, memory is chit, and ego is ahankar. At any given point of time, whenever we are explaining how to control the mind, and this is a learning that I have seen when we are teaching students at the Indian Institute of Technology, Delhi. We try and explain the mind in terms of this particular exercise, which we can carry out right now. Can we, for about 20 seconds, completely disengage ourselves and listen to what is going on inside of ourselves? Let us try to hear an inner voice, the so-called little voice. That is telling us, okay, it's about 7.25 in India. I have to get ready for breakfast. Or it's almost dinner time where I stay. I have to get ready for dinner. Or I have to submit an assignment. Let us take 15 to 20 seconds just to hear our inner voice. Great. 
So could we hear our inner voice? What was it telling us? Is it right now in the conversation that we are having? Yes, quite possibly. But is it also deviating from the conversation that we are having? That is also true. So whatever a little voice is telling us, that is the mind acting up right now. And we seek to control it by keeping in this conversation. But how do we control it? Interestingly enough, the invitation that we have sent out for this particular session talks about what is the mind. But we shall explore the mind, the mind's what, towards the end rather than the beginning. The question is, because it is so abstract, how can we control it? And for that, we look at the Holy Swarved and its amazing and impeccable teaching of how to access this most abstract of all dimensions. As per Vihangam Yoga, if we take the if we take the summary of how to access the mind, most of the time the mind resides in our eyesight or extending that logic a little further in memories based on it, memories that lie in the chit. So the chit is like your RAM or perhaps your hard drive from wherein you get your memories. So most of the time we see our mind is in our conscious eyesight in our waking hours we are where our eyes are looking. And if we are not there, for example, you could say that you're being absent-minded, it's because your mind has gone to another primarily visual-driven memory, right? So you could be driving the car, but you could be thinking about something else. And when you reflect on it, you realize that that second-order thinking is based on primarily a visual memory. So logically it flows, that if we need to control it, we need to control our eyesight. But how do we do it? How do we control our eyesight? We then look at the Swarved, which says that the conscious stream that emanates from the mind going out through both eyes needs to converge at a particular focal point where the mind is the weakest. Because no matter what we do, we are our minds at this present moment. And though we are trying to use buddhi to control it, we are unable to do so because we are so much in the grip of our mind. Right now we are our mind. Therefore, we look at the point of initiation which is the mind's weakest point in the first stage of Brahmadya Vihangam Yoga. A particular technique that is given explicitly in the Gita, for those who know, in the chapter on meditation, chapter number six. For as long as we're looking at that particular point of initiation, we get access to control our mind and the mind takes us away. And then we try, and through practice, we get it back under control. And yet it sways. So what do we do? We aim for satsang. That is, 
instead of just sitting down in solitude by ourselves for all days of the week and all weeks of the year, we seek the company of those who are similarly inclined towards the truth. And most importantly, we seek the blessings and the guidance of a great soul who has already conquered his mind, who has already been through this journey. Just imagine, can you even learn an experiential subject like driving or swimming by joining up a correspondence course or a distance learning program? Can you excel at it? We can't. Look at it from the perspective of students who are doing the PhD, who move on to uncharted territory. For as long as we are students at lower levels, we have a rigid framework. We know what we want to achieve and we go step by step. But as you move into uncertainty, it is the guide who can only give you access to that degree that you really want. So transcending all of this requires the presence, the blessings of a very, very, very powerful and a realized soul. Therefore, when we seek satsang, we do so under the guidance of the one and only Sadhguru, the one and only true teacher. Moving on to how we control the mind. His Holiness Sadhguru Sri Swatantra Devji Maharaj has referred to the following which translates into you are what you eat. So before we sit to even control the mind, we must be careful of what we eat. We should eat foods that promote a sum bhav. Avoid completely eating junk food. Avoid foods that make your mind deviate further in a state of flux. Eat healthy, fresh food and only in quantities that you really require. Once we sit down in satsang and when satsang is not possible, let us say in solitude, do keep the photograph of your ultimate guide, the Sadhguru in front of you. When we practice control of the breath, why do we do so? When the Swarved says that the mind, the man and the pran, the force of breath, are, inextric are inextricably interlinked for the uninitiated, that is. How does control over one give control over the other? Let us try a practical demonstration which should take no longer than 15-20 seconds again. No matter where our mind is right now, no matter what our little voice is telling us right now, let us try this simple exercise. Exhale your breath completely. Exhale it completely and stop it. 
stop your breath completely after exhaling it. Let your brain, let your body not get any oxygen right now. And notice your mind. Notice your mind. No matter how far it is, no matter which planet it may have gone to, the mind is going to rush back. The mind is going to knock on the door and tell the buddhi, the voluntary force, the involuntary force is telling the voluntary force, do something about it, I'm going to die. Let's start breathing again. So you see, the moment you stopped your breath, for a little longer than your normal comfort zone, the mind rushed back, no matter where you were. This is just one little example of showing how the mind is related to breath, the pran. Now, while this demonstrates the complete effectiveness of this particular correlation, the problem is it doesn't give us a guide on how to proceed in controlling the mind because we can't stop breathing every time, right? We'd surely die. So we have a more purposeful, structured way of approaching it by controlling our breath through the exercise of pranayam. And the exercise of pranayam is an integral part of the first stage of Yangam Yoga. Therefore, we sit down in a particular asana, which also promotes the stability and equanimity of mind called the Siddhasana, wherein the body forms the shape of a pyramid. We engage ourselves in breath control, the pranayam. Then we take up chanting, depending on our location. Some of us chant Om, some of us chant the Gayatri Mantra depending on what is easy for us. And we go into the point of initiation. The point of initiation really is the doorway, the real doorway. And that is where the real first stage, or you could say a pre-introductory stage of our yoga starts. Because as we know, that real Vihangam Yoga starts at a different level altogether. However, we seek to control our minds by entering this particular portal. That's all from us here in Noida, folks. We shall continue this quest in following sessions, and we hope you can join us and stay with us. Thank you, Sadgurudev Bhagwan Kiche. Wow, very big thanks to Raghavendraji. What a wonderful explanation of this very deep and you know important topic to all of us. Because as Raghavendraji was saying, the control of mind is not something that we can ignore. Unfortunately, the way in which we exist, every element of our body is interlinked 
every element of our existence is interlinked. And at its roots, as Raghavanaji very beautifully explained to us, is the nature of mind. So I'd like to once again say a big thank you to Raghavanaji for such a wonderful speech and such a wonderful explanation. As he mentioned, there are a few more parts in this session which we'd like to proceed towards. I'd like to quickly take another moment to remind you all. Uh, I've already seen some questions on our WhatsApp group and on our Slido link. I'd like to remind you all to please put any questions you have on both of those platforms so that we can address them in an appropriate way. Now we move on to a very exciting part of our session, the Q&A session. First, a thanks to all the seekers and viewers who are listening for putting forward your queries and questions. Of course, we're only here to help each and every one of you and ourselves to understand all these concepts on in a deeper way. We are now joined by Shekhoji from Australia as well. Professionally, Shekhoji is a quality and compliance manager at Open Colleges and is and he's an avid practitioner of Vihangam Yog for many, many years. Shekhoji has many experiences which I'm sure he can share with all of us and I welcome him to this part of the session. We will also, of course, be joined by our prime speaker of the day, Raghavendraji, who will also be helping us dive into these questions. In the interest of time, I'd like to request both speakers. Uh, please, I'm sure like, you know, there's not enough time to dive as deeply as we want to into each of these questions, but let's try and keep it to maybe three to four minutes each and try and get through as many of these as we can. So first, I'd like to place a question towards Shekharji uh, there's actually two questions which seem quite related. One, a seeker is asking, do we have multiple ways to control the mind? And another question which we've received is, why should I bother to control mind when I feel refreshed by any other form of unwinding activities? So, you know, as we go into the world and we start to look into this idea of controlling mind, there are many things which seem to help in that process. So let's dive into these two questions with Shekhoji. Do we have multiple ways to control mind? And why bother control it when I can unwind myself in other ways? Shekhoji. Hello, everybody. Um, it's a fantastic question. And uh, I think it relates to all of us um, because at the end of the day, this is one, one topic which we hear from everyone that controlling the mind is absolute must to live a happy life. So the questions we look at it, the first question which says, do we have multiple ways to control the mind? Um, the simple answer is yes, but it's more important I go into the depth of it. The second question, why should I bother to control the mind when I feel refreshed by any other form of unwinding activities? This is where the confusion comes in the world. And this is where we all have different opinion and different ways of trying to control the mind. First of all, I would like to say that uh, what we are trying to discuss today is to understand the depth of it, the what, why, where, and how of mind control. So the most fundamental thing which we need to understand is that 
we can only act and try to control something when we know about its existence, where it is, how does it emanate, and where do we need to take it, by what techniques, so that we are able to control. In a most common speak on a daily basis, if somebody says to you that you have to catch a thief in your house, you need to know where the thief is, and then you need to know how to catch the thief. So in Vihangam Yoga philosophy, Sadhguru Sadafal Dev Ji Maharaj, the founder of Vihangam Yoga, he explained to us and Raghavendra Ji was touching base on that topic. Where exactly does the mind exist? So there are different states where the mind exists within our body. And the most important one for us to understand is that it is in the awakened state, it goes with our eyes. And that's the reason why the prescribed practice of Ji Maharaj shows us how to control that at that point. But then the next question is that uh, as the as the part which is mentioned here that when I'm when I'm refreshed by other unwinding activities. So let's understand there's a big difference between refreshing by unwinding activities and having a control over the mind. We know that the mind is so powerful that there is no instrument by which we can measure its strength, its speed, its agility, and its, uh, its force by which it can destroy anything. There is nothing in this cosmos which exists that can help us measure that. The speed with which it moves. So how can we control such a thing by going into an activity of unwinding? That's a question which we need to ask ourselves. Do you believe that by diff different practices which are available to us, we will be able to control that? In fact, the Vihangam Yoga philosophy says that the mind is not something, an ordinary thing which has been created by someone. It actually emanates from the Akshar Brahma itself. And when we are talking of something which is beyond the realm of our human capability, to control it, we also need to understand that we have to engage into practices which are more than just an unwinding activity or a practice based on some physical form or a practice which is based on some sort of chanting of mantra or doing some sort of activities which gives, the, gives us calmness and peace for a moment. So it's a very big topic which is difficult to explain in two sentences or in three minutes, but it only starts when we are committed. So the first step is to understand where does it exist? Where does it emanate from? What are the techniques to control it? And then absolute commitment from our own selves that yes, I'm going to apply myself with this practice to be able to see how I am progressing in controlling the mind. I hope within the limitation of the time, I have done justice to this question. Thank you. Thank you very much, Shekharji, for such a great explanation. And it's great because our, our last question for the day, it touches on something which Shekharji also just mentioned. 
that there are two forces within our body, one which is mind and one which is the soul. So the seeker is asking, and I'll put this question to Raghvendraji, who I hope you can hear me. Uh, so I'll be putting this question to you about these two forces. The question which the seeker is putting to us is, how do I know if my mind or my soul is telling me to do something? How can I identify which force is making me act? So Raghvendraji, if you could please take us into this question, and then we'll proceed towards the end of our session. Thank you. Am I audible? Yes, yes, indeed. Okay. That is a very interesting question. Because for as long as we are within the realm of nature and within the realm of the mind, we can never distinguish between the man buddhi. So the man is the involuntary roaming of this abstract concept that we are calling. And the buddhi is the controlled logic, the one that tells you that, okay, no, this is not time for me to be whiling away, sitting under a tree and philosophizing. This is time for me to be know, studying or preparing for the next day or eating. So the voluntary part, the one, the deliberate part, is the buddhi that seeks to control the mind. But the soul, you see the thinking of the soul, right now it's verily impossible to distinguish between what your soul is telling you and that what the mind or the buddhi, right, that it's very important to distinguish between the two are telling you. You can distinguish the mind from the buddhi, yes, but not the soul's thinking right now. This is something that only an exalted soul, a great guide such as the Sadhguru can do for you. Therefore, if you want to answer this question really, you need to take up the practice of Yangam Yoga and under the guidance of the Sadhguru, at a particular stage when you realize the soul, and I must admit that is yet beyond me, only under his guidance can you really answer the question and know what your soul wants. Thank you, Abhinandji. Thank you, Raghavindraji, and thank you to all of our seekers who are putting forward such wonderful questions, really, you know, pushing us to understand these concepts in such a deep way. So this brings us towards the end of our session. And let's just do a quick recap. We started with beautiful personal synergy and then dove into the Swarved, where our master told us that the mind is the source of all disturbance and that the mind when uncontrolled can wreak havoc on our lives. In trying to understand this further, we were then joined by Raghavendraji from Noida, Noida, India. And he explained to us wonderfully how different models can be applied to think about this topic, whether it be classical physics, quantum physics, trying to understand the what, where, and how of mind but ultimately, ultimately, the control of mind is something which we must, we must practice in a committed way every day of our lives. We at VYGOS are very passionate about this topic. And as was mentioned a few times, there is a technique 
which can allow us to fruitfully move forward on this path. If that technique is of interest to you, please do get in touch with us through either our WhatsApp group or any of the mediums which are present on our website as well. Of course, if you still have questions about this topic, do not worry. We are here to listen to those questions and to address those questions. So please do continue putting your questions on Slido, sending them to, on WhatsApp in any way which you are comfortable. Because we are, of course, here only to satiate your curiosity and address your curiosity. BYGOS is, of course, run every week. And so next week, we'll have another wonderful topic ready for you. With this, I'd like to bring us to a close. And of course, a big thank you to our speaker panel today, Sanadji from the US, Subhasji from Singapore, Rekaji also, who joined us with a beautiful bhajan from the US, Shekaji from Australia, and of course, our prime speaker of the day, Raghvendraji. I, Abhinav from Australia, wish you all a wonderful week ahead. And I hope that today we were able to do some justice to this very deep and meaningful question. I'd like to end just with one small doha from Sant Kabir. Manaki Tarangako Marlo Basahogaya Bhajan. Adat Puri Sudarlo Basahogaya. I hope you will excuse me for my pronunciation a bit there, but the man, the mind, is the source of all disturbance. Let's try our best to free ourselves and celebrate life in all its beauty. Thank you, everyone, and let's reconvene in a week. Jesu Devo.